to The Polygon Show. I'm Simone Rochefort, and I'm here today with Allegra Frank. Hello. And Ashley O. Hello. Just the three of us. Just the three of us. <laughs> Just the... Th- that's how the song... We can make it if we try. Oh, I... Mm. <laughs> Can you put that to a tune for me? We can make, make it if we try. Just oh, the three yeah. of us. Oh, three, right. Actually, <laughs> wow, that's fine. I don't need to be here. We're hunger gamesing it, and one of us is going to be gone by the end of the podcast. <laughs> by the end of singing, it's just going to be just the one of us. <laughs> just the me. <laughs> just the me of us. <laughs> Today on the Polygon Show, we're going to be talking about video game movies. We have some very exciting emails to look forward to, including somebody enthusiastically defending the Mario movie. You'll also hear me enthusiastically defending Final Fantasy VII Advent Children Complete, the Blu-ray edition, because it's the best one. They added a bunch of scenes. It really brings the whole story together. Uh, And somebody, I think, disparaging the Assassin's Creed movie, which I won't talk about. But before we get to all of that... Allegra, Hello. you have a bunch of video games that you feel should be made into movies. So, Simone. Can my voice go any higher as I say that? So, Simone. <laughs> and Ashley. This is our puberty podcast. <laughs> the puberty show. Um, as you may know <laughs> from... <laughs> Hi, I'm Simone, and welcome to the puberty show. <laughs> uh, <ew>. <laughs> <laughs> I'm joined today by hair in my armpits. The anime boy. Yeah. He's prepubescent. That's true. Did you say I'm joined by the hair on my armpits? Yes, I did. It's new and fresh. I've never had it before. As a a teen. It's very. It's I'm a big man change. now. There was a hair on my chest. <laughs> um, okay, so sorry. As, let's talk about video game movies. As you both know from previous days of knowing me, um, I studied film in college. This is true. You are a big nerd. The university, so I know quite a lot about movies and what makes a good movie and what should be a movie. That is what my degree says. Okay. That's what I am qualified to do. So I came up with a list of five video games that very much should be on the big screen. And I gave I came up with little ideas of what those games would look like. So it's not just like Overwatch. Duh. Like, no. We're going a little bit broader than that. We're going a little bit more interesting than that. So I have a list of five and I would love... Wow, nothing is more interesting than Overwatch. <laughs> Excuse me. I'm going to go more interesting than that boring ass game Overwatch. <laughs> Get out. That was one of my ideas. Allegra is the one that gets eliminated. Spoiler. I was already eliminated. <laughs> you know that. Actually, just the two play of, us. of the game. Um, so I would love for you guys to give me some feedback on these ideas because I'm yeah, planning yeah. to pitch them. Okay, so my first idea is PT. So obviously, you know, it's a playable teaser. It's pretty short. It's already kind of cinematic. It's very experimental. The story's very obscure. So I'm thinking it could be like an artsy horror movie. Just kind of expand it. Make it a little bit longer. It's already like a movie Would you keep experience. it in first person? Yes. So I'm thinking Whoa, it would be... Bold. Yeah. So it could be a combination of like Blair Witch Project, but also like Mother or something. Like the gore and gratuity of Mother mixed with the shaky handheld camera and like fake scares of Blair Witch Project. This is a controversial, a very controversial thing, having a movie in first person, because I feel like, aside from that, it would work great, because A, PT, like, there's so little of it that you could go anywhere with it, mm-hmm. and B, I feel like horror translates the best into movies, because that genre is so calcified in like we we know what a horror movie is you mm-hmm. can easily take a concept of a horror game and translate it to a horror movie i feel well I feel. maybe it's been the done silent, hill, silent hill movie Ooh. bad <laughs> resident evil we bad. got an essay in our emails from somebody very very upset about the silent hill movie and i'm sorry uh, letter writer your your letter was very long and passionate damn i did not make the show <laughs> i'm sorry uh but i appreciated your sentiment well to to represent Chelsea Stark, I spoke to her yesterday. She really likes the Resident Evil movie. Mm-hmm. I don't know if it's all of them. I think she said it's just like one or two, or maybe it's all of them, but she she really likes them. She would. <gasps> wow. Knowing her, she would. A brutal attack. 
<laughs> okay. Um, feel free to give uh, me direct feedback now, or we can do it as I, a group. I, I green light. I like green the light? first person thing. Okay. I don't. I think the shaky cam is played out. Mm-hmm. Mm. I do agree with the mother thing. If it were just like a really slow, weird first person thing, yes. Because I feel like there are also elements of that that seem like kind of like Twin Peaks horror-esque. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That would be very good. Yeah, it could be Agree. like a David Lynch like <gasps> pastiche. Also, Agree. Kojima just wants to make movies. Yeah, exactly. Let's That's be real. True. That's what Death Strand, every Death Stranding trailer is. Let him make movies. Yes. Okay. Okay. So that's on. like a, a pretty mm-hmm. easy one. Here's another kind of easy one. Red Dead Redemption. Red Dead Redemption 2 is coming out soon. We could use a new Western. Red Dead Redemption has like a pretty good story. John Marston, his wife, blah, 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 blah. I never finished that game because I just was shooting everyone in the saloon. But <laughs> I'm thinking it could be like Badlands style, Terrence Malick, very early Terrence Malick. I mean, 70s, not like. I mean, of course. I mean, not uh, yeah, like. Yeah, we know all not animals. <laughs> I mean, none of that like, pa, ma, the no. world is dying. Sun is burning out, like all that whispery stuff. Oh, I hate that. None yeah, of that. That was his worst period. Of, However, of all, of all of the times of Terrence Malick's life, that was the worst <laughs> one. It is very hard for Terrence Malick to just kind of let bad habits die, so he will have some voiceover. Of okay. course, John Marston's horse will occasionally neigh I very softly saw- oh. as voiceover. <laughs> <laughs> No, I, I was thinking like the donkey from Shrek. I was like, so talk. <laughs> what it needs, the whole film needs to have like a narrator who comes in and out, but at the end, you re, it zooms in slowly on the horse, and you realize the narrator was the horse the whole, the whole time. time. Wow! And he's played by Michael Caine. <laughs> oh, oh. So you just Orange never see the horses. Horse. <laughs> I was uncomfortable. John was uncomfortable. Master Bruce. (laughs) Master Master. Master Marston. How are you? How's your dead wife? Oh my brush me coat. Is he Batman? Is it's actually a Batman movie. Okay. But directed by Terrence Malick. You get more controversial with every suggestion. (laughs) (laughs) So it's actually the Dark Knight Dead Redemption. Okay, I would watch that. Mm -hmm. Yes. Red Dark Knight Redemption, maybe? No. Okay. But yes, that's a yes. Yeah, yeah we greenlit. We greenlit. Greenlit. That. Yep. Great. Okay. So I'm two for two here. Next one. Next one's a little bit out hmm. there. Okay. This is the first one that's really out there. Do you guys remember a game called Battleborn? Yeah. Yeah. That like sort of Overwatch type game that no one played. It was really bad. Brian Crescente played Brian it. Brian Crescente. I didn't want to say it, but you said it for me. It's been said. It's not a great game. So this would be, it would take place, it's not meta, just to make it clear. But it would take place after the game shut down. Because the game has shut down, it's over. Service is dead. So the game exists in this universe. The game does not exist in this universe. We are in the universe of the game. But within the movie and within Battleborn world, it is the Battleborn universe that yeah. the movie takes place in. So all these other characters who populate the universe just start disappearing because people have stopped playing the game. We as viewers understand that, but it's not literally like you see people playing. It's just like in the game, it's like, or the movie, it's very serious. So it's just like, people oh my are God. going away. The world is emptying. Things start shutting down because they're turning off the servers. Uh, and it's just like a sci-fi thriller. I feel like you are just mirroring the Hundred Acre Wood part in <gasps> Kingdom Hearts no! where all the characters have disappeared. <laughs> yeah, except you can't find them. There except- are no mini games to find them. They're just gone. And then all there's like a small group of characters left and they're trying to like keep themselves from disappearing all Avengers style. But you can't do anything. You just can't. The servers are going down, baby. And it's going to be directed by like some dude who doesn't really matter. Just some boring white guy who's interesting. Colin, the Colin Trevorrow of... Yeah, you're going to make your own Colin the Trevorrow. The Emoji Movie Guy. Whoever the... The Emoji whoever Movie, movie guy. guy. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. But it would be all live action. I'm trying to think of a three beat for that, and I, I'm, I'm completely <laughs> blanking out. All I can think of is an EXO fanfic that I read once <laughs> where the world was ending because people would just occasionally turn into dust. <laughs> and everyone was dying and there was no way to stop it and it was horrible. So like that, it's but for like Battleborn. It's like that or like Infinity War. Yeah. Yeah, yeah but Infinity. Battleborn. 
Sounds no? great. So Simone likes it. I mean, Ashley, what's your what's your I deal? feel like this would get like a 12% on Rotten Tomatoes. <laughs> but how much money would it make, Ashley? Not a lot to like recoup from however much they spent trying to make it. It spent 250 million, Ashley, because I got the green light from Simone over here. <laughs> I'm an investor. Straight to DVD. Did I, so I, I don't know where you got the impression that I have money, Allegra. I'm just telling you that you are supporting would you. I would green light it if it lived in Amazon Originals. Okay. Oh, I could go yeah. with that. Streaming is the future anyway, man. No one goes to the theater. I like the idea of it only being on DVD, though, like not Blu-ray. Mm-hmm. No, not Blu-ray. <laughs> not digital. Wreck-It Ralph meets that um, Ishiguro book where they're clones who get harvested for their organs. Yes. Yeah. Never Let Me Go. Never Let Me Go. Yeah. Wreck-It Ralph meets Never Let Me Go. It's yeah. not. Yeah, yeah. That sounds okay. better than this movie. Well, <laughs> yeah, let's green light that one. But no it's one based a- on your idea. <laughs> and also has nothing to do with Battleborn anymore. <laughs> but we can put movie. Battleborn characters like that. Someone's playing Battleborn in a scene. Yeah. <laughs> Takes place in 2015. Okay, I have two more. Next one I'm pretty excited about. So have you guys seen the movie Battle Royale? Mm-hmm. Mm. Or you're familiar with it. Tonight, I'm so familiar with the it. concept. But yes, yeah, so... 100 Japanese school kids. It's like a really aesthetically weird movie. It's so good. Think Battle Royale, but Mario Party. <gasps> so Toad and Toadette are conspiring to oh. have Mushroom Kingdom destroy itself from the inside by locking Mario, Yoshi, Donkey Kong, Peach, all those playable characters on one specific game board. A small game board where they're all trying to race to get the stars to stay alive. So everyone's attacking each other. They're doing these crazy mini games. And it's like an R-rated version of Mario Party. Wait, to, and to it's, get the star? Yeah, like in Mario Party. But it's in a game board. But in a movie. Yes. It's like instead of an island, it's, it's like a just game like the board. board. Yeah. Okay. And then they have to do the mini games uh-huh. while they're racing. Uh-huh. And so instead of playing the mini games, we'll watch the mini games happen. We will watch all of this happening. I we see. will not play any I of see. it. So do they die in these mini games? Yes, they can die. Okay. And if you don't get a star by like a certain turn, oh, you're yeah. killed. And oh, also the board yeah. can kill you if you land on oh, the wrong space. Yeah. That's true. That's true. And it's really, really, really violent. It would be directed by Takashi Miike who makes extremely grotesque Japanese horror movies. Mm-hmm. So we're mm-hmm. replacing the like coins that you lose when you step on bad parts of the board with blood. Yes. Wait, Jumanji. Jumanji. <laughs> you're describing Jumanji. But the Mario thing that you're Party. describing is Jumanji. But, but yes, with Mario Party elements and characters. Mm-hmm. Immediate think, green light. I think that that's good because Nintendo's core audience has been aging up. Like mm-hmm. the people who grew mm-hmm. up with Nintendo products are now adults and we crave that gore. Yeah, and mm-hmm. exactly. And that's but with familiar characters mm-hmm. that we love. And that's what Mario Party is. Like this is basically just me describing Mario Party. Yeah, true. Yeah. Just adding blood, just turning off the the no blood filter. Yes, mm-hmm. exactly. Let us turn off the filter, Reggie. I really <laughs> like that it's Toad and Toadette. Yeah. I, I would not be on board if it were any other character. Mm-hmm. Especially in this political climate. Like, of course Toad would. Yeah, yes, completely. He's had Toad enough. Would. Yeah. He is trying to reassert his image here. And also they only speak in their little like screams. They don't speak English. Oh, no one cute. speaks English. So they're just like, you know what? She would too because I'm playing Luigi's Mansion, mm. as you know, on 3DS. And when you see Toad, the first time you see a Toad, like, you know, you can save anytime you see a Toad. But the, the Toad in the, <laughs> in the main foyer, you go up to him to talk, to save, but he says, even I can help you, Luigi. Really? Oh. And I'm just like, oh, no. That's so sad. It's really sad. No. I don't know why he puts himself down like that. Toad is way more competent than Luigi. Yeah, and has been for years. Luigi's Mansion is just like a gaggle of characters that are labeled as incompetent, but they somehow got their own game. (laughs) Except for Toad, he's great. Also, oh, and Boo, he's great. Oh, okay, yeah, so it's course. just Luigi. Teresa. The Toad in the Main Foyer is a great name for <laughs> probably an introspective British art film. The Toad in the Main Foyer. <laughs> this week on BBC. <gasps> Limited series. <laughs> Narrated by Michael Caine. Oh, God. <laughs> Michael Caine in character from Red Dead Redemption. 
<laughs> okay, I have one uh, more. Last one, last one. Last one. This is my personal favorite one. Have you guys played Quop? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Classic video game. Very mm-hmm. good video game. Very well done. No. Very, very hard Please game. Please don't, don't go there. Quop, but an inspirational sports drama. Oh! Yeah. Like, remember the Titans. Like, Rudy. Like, that movie where Cuba Gooding Jr. wants to be a football player, but he has some mental health issues or something. Like, yes. all those other movies. Chariots of Fire, baby. Chariots it would of be Quop. The water boy. Okay. But here's the thing. The water boy, yes. So the thing is, it takes place completely on the track. So basically you're playing you're or you're watching this man named Quap. He had dreams of being a track star. We just infer this because the whole movie takes place on the track. You hear it in his head. He's repeating his life story to himself. Like, wow, I can't believe I got here. I was born on December 15th, 1985. And I was born to. <laughs> like, he's telling his Freeze whole life frame. story. You might be wondering how I got here. <laughs> yes. But the whole thing. So it's the Olympics. 100 meter dash. They shoot the gun or whatever happens. <laughs> Race starts. But Quop can't run. That's the whole thing. So he's just trying to move forward as he does in the game, but he just keeps like tipping backward. He just keeps like struggling to take even two steps because he has no balance. And the whole movie is him in real time trying to complete the 100 meter dash, but he can't actually run properly. So it's all like a very, very long movie. So a mixture of like one of those sports dramas, but also like one of those real time movies by Andy Warhol, like Empire, where he's just watching the Empire State Building for 30 hours. So very art film. We'll probably show this at a con. Yes. It'll win the the Pong Dog. <laughs> I'm sorry. Yes, it will. It's going to have a residency at the Angelica. Like, okay. it's just going to be playing there for several months. The whole thing. <laughs> hours and hours and hours and hours of quap. I love it. This is your best one yet. Thank I you. thought, man, this is very good. I thought that you were going to go hard in the other direction, which is what's wrong with me. I thought you meant quap like a body horror movie, like mm. a human centipede type of situation. Yikes. Because Yikes. like, yeah, he has like no control over his limbs. And then, you know, there's like bones twisting and piercing through the skin as he's trying to like put his foot down and like take a step, you know? And then after that, then he falls on his face and then his neck just like splinters off and then like a piece of his spine goes into his brain, but then he can still function, so he's still going. <laughs> that could be the X-rated version, which okay. is the same movie, but you just see it Mine is straight to DVD also. <laughs> right along Yours is in the movie. <laughs> You're the Sharknado of, of inspirational sports films. Straight to DVD, you make like one yeah. for every hit movie. You've got that backup. This yeah. is full <laughs> yes, gore. That's true. In that vein, you should probably produce the Mario Party movie as well. I should. Mm-hmm. I agree. And then we'll get Terrence Malick on the horn about uh, whatever the Red fuck Dead. you're making him do. <laughs> <laughs> He's an EP on all of these. Perfect. Yeah, yeah. We're starting our new film company with Terrence Malick. Well, I'm really excited that you guys like my idea. Wait. Yes. Now I have an idea. What if we had... I think Donut County should be a movie. I was considering that. Right? Yeah. That's, that that was would like be with or without longest. blood. No. It could be a kid's movie. It could be a kid's movie. Yeah. I like the raccoons. Yes, it's true. They are beautiful. It would be a kid's movie, which means there would be one scene that's like inappropriately scary for little kids. Where yeah. it's like some weird log flume or something that's all psychedelic and like random screeching. <laughs> Then it goes back to just donuts. Oh, <laughs> like Watership Down. Shit. My favorite movie to watch. Oh my the god, no. Donut County meets Watership Down, except the raccoons are the ones that are disfigured and scary and yes. eat each other. Yikes. Real quick aside, I told Ashley this, but I was at a club on Friday and they were literally playing Watership Down. It was on that the sounds like the worst. Wait, was thing it on a small screen? It was like on a kind of small TV. That's stupid. Just like on the wall. I thought it was like the whole wall was a screen and they no. were just showing like a full wall of watership All down. All watership down with like strobes as as everyone dances. Literally it was like a lesbian bar and there were like there was a drag show and then and in the watership background fucking down wow, was I sh- playing. Dude, I should have a watership down party. Like for Halloween or something. Oh my yes. God. I mean not okay, well maybe not Halloween too, but still. <laughs> for Valentine's Day. Well, let's have some emails. (laughs) Now that we've proven that good video game movies can exist, 
We're going to have some emails from you right after this quick message from our sponsor, Quip. You know what, Ashley? What? Brushing our teeth is one of the most important things that we do every day. Next to breakfast. Next to breakfast is the other most important thing. But most people don't do it properly. I probably don't do it properly. Well, I'm going to help you with getting started doing it properly. Because if you have Quip, then you get brush heads delivered automatically on a dentist-recommended schedule every three months for just $5 for your awesome, extremely baller toothbrush that has sensitive vibrations. Did you know that? Now you do. Surprise! (laughs) (laughs) You're welcome. I just know about the brush heads. I know they keep coming, and I don't have to think about replacing them, so that's all I care about. Yeah, and when was the last time you replaced your toothbrush head before you had Quip? Probably never. You're I've disgusting. had the same toothbrush since birth. That's horrible. So I think I've been doing something wrong, and I've been using the same exact tube of toothpaste. I've been... Ah! <laughs> Quip is a better electric toothbrush created by dentists and designers so that you can brush your teeth in a more simple, affordable, and enjoyable manner. It has a built-in two-minute timer that pulses every 30 seconds to remind you that there's more than one row of teeth in your mouth. And you should be brushing all of them. Because if you don't, then Simone's dentist will say to you, it looks like you're really not brushing the tops of your teeth. You're mostly focusing on the fronts and the backs of them. You should brush the tops of them more. or uh, Because if you don't, I'm going to scrape all your teeth off with, the, with my little tool. So you should do that. That's why Quip is super helpful for some people whose names are Simone. So if you want to try Quip, it starts at just $25, and you can go to getquip.com slash polygon right now to get your first refill pack for free with a Quip electric toothbrush. That is, again, your first refill pack free at getquip.com slash polygon. Thank you so much, Quip, for sponsoring this episode of The Polygon Show. And now let's hear a little message from our sister site, Eater. Hi, this is Erin Patinkin, CEO of Ovenly. And I'm Natasha Case, CEO of Cool House. And together, and together we're, we're the, the co-hosts of Start, Start to, to Sale. Sale. We talk to entrepreneurs about what it takes to build a business from launch to exit. We'll really talk about the experience in the trenches, the most valuable lessons learned to get them out of there. Don't miss an episode. Subscribe to our show today. And thanks to Smartwater for being the founding sponsor of Start to Sale. This first email is from Emily. Hi, Polygon Show. So I hold the controversial opinion that video game movies are mostly good. But none are quite as good as the one I gave a year of my life to hosting a podcast analyzing minute by minute Super Mario Bros. It is my favorite movie, video game based or otherwise, exclamation point. We've spent countless hours thinking about the film, gone on a long road trip to see it in a theater, and discovered a vibrant and thriving fan community. I even met Lance Henriksen, who played King Resnor in approximately six seconds of the movie, (laughs) while I was cosplaying the movie's version of Princess Daisy. I told him that I was dressed as his daughter in the Super Mario Bros. movie, and he absolutely did not know what I was talking about, (laughs) but was super friendly anyway. My question for y'all is, what's the most hated piece of media that you completely unironically love? Thanks for making this great show that I love. (laughs) That's questionable. (laughs) Can't wait to hear this episode. Emily. Wow. Thank you, Emily. I want to know what Emily's podcast is. I think it's a... Probably I'll look it up, but um, Super Mario Bros. movie minute by minute should bring that up. I should have looked this up before. Um, okay, most hated piece of media that you love. I feel like I should excel at this because I have terrible taste. Hmm. Everything I like is good. Okay. Everything I like is good. I'm a leg where I've majored in film. I've majored in film in England. I've also produced and directed and written and cast myself the toad in the main foyer. <laughs> I found the podcast, by the way. Uh, it's called Super Mario Bros. Minute by Andrew Lind and Emily Schmemely. Uh, and it's on iTunes. Cool. So you can give that a listen. Um... Man, I used to really like um, bad teen YA novels, probably until I was too old. Did you guys ever read those, like, TTYL books? 
Nope. No. <laughs> okay. Well, basically, they're all written in instant message conversations, mm. like back in the days of oh, AIM. Oh, that sounds mm-hmm. super familiar. Yeah. yeah. Like the whole thing. So, like, they would use away messages and, like, whatever you could do on AIM, like group mm-hmm. chats and stuff, chat rooms. And I loved reading those, even though I was basically just reading other people's instant message conversations. And all their concerns were just like, I don't know my locker combo. My locker's too far away from homeroom. He's cute. I want him, my locker near his. Lots of locker talk. This does sound bad. <laughs> and I read all of them multiple times and I would do it again. I think for this, I would have to, I I was going to talk about Advent children later, but I think (laughs) it actually fits better here because people don't, I don't think people hate Advent children, but nobody believes that it is good except for you and me, I think, Ashley. Uh, I found it kind of underwhelming. (laughs) Oh, I was wrong. (laughs) Only I love it. But that's when... It came out, I think, when I was still in high school, and I was really, really, like, really looking forward to it. Okay. Like, over the top. And, like, oh, God, I was also going to mention this later, but hey, we're going to just, we're going to talk about it now. Work through it now. Work it through it. But I, I, I feel like Advent Children and the other Final Fantasy movies, that's the Final Fantasy 15 Kingsclave movie, and the Spirits Within, I feel like all three of them are less about illustrating the Final Fantasy universe or having like a compelling storyline and more of like a grand showcase of cinematic tech. I think that is very fair. And like, I feel like that's, I mean, I don't know about the other ones, but specifically in my experience watching Final Fantasy movies, it was very Mm -hmm. much like, I mean, I think like, oh yeah, I reviewed Kingsglaive. You did, I remember that. Yeah, and like, I think there were a lot of times where, you know, like, in a scene, sometimes I would forget that a certain character was not actually a human. Like it was very, very beautiful and wonderful to look at. And I, and, you know, it was ridiculous. Um, and I know that it was supposed to be kind of um, like a supplement to the, the games, uh, mm-hmm. games, the game, the single, <laughs> the singular game, the game. Um, but yeah, I think that's the case. And then even Spirits Within, when that first came out, it was like a huge deal, right? Because mm-hmm. it was like, oh my god, CGI people. I remember that as well. I don't, yeah. I don't remember ever. I think I may have watched that one, but it was too long ago for me to remember. Advent Children was actually my first exposure to Final Fantasy in yeah. other than Kingdom Hearts in a meaningful way. And for those of you who aren't familiar with Advent Children, it is a sequel to Final Fantasy VII that takes place a while later uh, when they're kind of rebuilding the city and everything after the bad things happen to it. A meteor um, hit the planet. Yeah, yeah, just bad stuff. Um, and uh, there's this, there's sort of global repercussions for humans doing awful, awful things to the earth. There's a sickness going around that Cloud is trying to find a cure for, um, which makes a description which makes the plot sound logical, which it... <laughs> Is not presented as logically as it could be in said film, but it reintroduces like all of the beloved Final Fantasy character or Final Fantasy VII characters. It culminates in a huge boss fight, um, and it's and it features like some clones of Sephiroth, who obviously dies in Final Fantasy VII, but. Oh, you'll have to watch Advent Children to see what happens in that film. I I cannot get over that one. I only remember very few details about this movie. Yes. But the fact that one of the clones is named Yazoo, <laughs> which I always was like... Didn't we talk about that on this show? Probably. Did I have to look it up? Because it's Kadaj Laws and Kadaj! Why are these Kadaj ones? is a great that's what, name. That's what I, no, I know. It's better than Yazoo. Yazoo. <laughs> like Kazoo. Meets Yaz, the discontinued birth control pill. Oh, or the band, sorry. The things that I love about Advent Children, A, as Ashley said, it's fucking beautiful. You can actually see uh, the the limit breaks that the characters do in the game. They do them in the movie, in the fight scenes, and it's so cool. And also, Reno and Rude are in it, and they're the fucking best. Yeah, I think that was one of my favorites of seeing the Turks Mm -hmm. animated 
like that. Just like, you know, you yeah. always see like nice HD stuff. It's like always cloud, 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 cloud. Nah, what nah, about nah. Reno? What about Reno? And Rufus. Rufus! Makes a return. And does so much good stuff with these like two-bit villains from the game. And when they release, they release Advent Children in 2005 or six or something. And then when I was in high school, they released Advent Children Complete on Blu-ray and it was totally like visually remastered and they added like 10 extra minutes of scenes and literally 90% of those scenes were about Reno and Rude, (gasps) these two side (laughs) characters who like barely matter in the game, but they matter a lot (laughs) to me. Oh yeah. And it's very good. And also they kind of make it make a lot more sense. Um, Anyway, I love that film. I think it's fucking great. I love (laughs) Tifa's new outfit. I think that was also my favorite part. Yeah. Tifa's cool new outfit. Mm -hmm. Cool. Cool I think to what you were saying before, Ashley, of like these are mostly just showing, like showcases for this is what Square Enix can do. Mm -hmm. It kind of feels like, you know, obviously we have the Final Fantasy VII remake allegedly coming one day before we die. Mm -hmm. Like this always, like their films always feel like a testing ground for like, oh, this is what our tech can do. We're going to hopefully be able to apply it into a a game one day, but like a film is a more, you know, contained, shorter project. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, But now they have like approached graphics like Advent Children, I guess, which I still have never seen, even though I really, really wanted to. I have the DVD. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Because like everything you're describing just sounds like a video game, right? Like literally. It kind of is. It basically is. We did get one email uh, from a person who fell, says they fall asleep during Final Fantasy VII Advent Children uh, from Mickey, and they ask for advice on how to stay awake during it. Just fast forward through the scene where Cloud's cell phone falls in the water and sinks for like 10 minutes. Just just skip it. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. It doesn't have any re- fucking relevance. <laughs> oh, bullshit. Okay. So... Are we ready for another email? <laughs> Sorry, there was this really good joke in The Simpsons where they're like talking about potential episode ideas. Like, oh, yeah. The Simpsons can run forever. We have so many more ideas. And one of the examples is just Mo gets a cell phone. <laughs> just thinking that the <laughs> plot of Advent Children's Cloud gets a cell phone. <laughs> oh, it's him trying to navigate his own cellular oh, no. usage and data yes. plans. Yes. It's, it's so one of those movies work. that takes place all on a screen. It's I, all screen capture and it's oh just my. Cloud trying to text Tifa. Wait, that would be so good actually. <laughs> and I would love even more if it was Red 13 who was like, okay, no, Cloud, you have to you have to go to up. You have to update your phone. What is that? And then he's like pawing at the screen. He's like, "Well, I can't do it. I don't have. Can you just touch this thing?" And his paw just covers the and screen. And all the Sephiroth clones, there. he's just like, "Can I get your phone number? Hold on, I don't know how to add you. What's your name? Yazoo. How do you spell that? Wait, what's your number? Oh, sorry, we have to start over. I deleted. Ten minutes of the movie are watching Cloud trying to like texting, typing hi to Tifa, and then erasing it and being like, "Hey." Hey, with three Y's. No, no, no. Erase it. Yeah. <laughs> Hello, period. No, 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 no. <laughs> yes. All right. This next email is from Alan from Aberdeen. Hi, Polygon Show. To kill time between my work finishing and my pub quiz starting, I sometimes go to the local cinema by myself. It was whilst doing this that I saw the Assassin's Creed film, which I had been looking forward to as a fan of the games and the director. Unfortunately, the film wasn't the best, and I fell asleep, missing the climax of the historical part of the film, but seeing the ending of the modern-day part. Have any video game films made you so bored that you fell asleep? As we as we said, uh, Mickey fell asleep during Final Fantasy VII Advent Children. So, you know what? <laughs> I almost fell asleep during Ready Player One, but that's not really. I mean, like it's kind of more of a you thing than a Ready Player One. thing, I also I feel. fall asleep during most movies these days. Yeah, <laughs> like I saw Star is Born yesterday, and I almost fell asleep during that. It wasn't boring. I fell asleep during The Incredibles 2, which I loved. I just keep What time are you watching these movies? Star Sport I watched at like 8.30. The Incredibles 2 was like 10.30. Okay, that's too late. Yeah. It's too late. But I fall asleep during anything where I'm not doing multiple things at once. You're a grown-up now. You can't watch a movie past 10 p.m. That's <laughs> bedtime, Allegra. I will say I have never seen the end of the Super Mario Brothers movie because I fell asleep. I don't know that I've watched enough video game movies to have fallen asleep during them because I like I reviewed the Assassin's Creed movie 
which I found enjoyable, actually. Didn't um, you say that the historical parts, which is the interesting part that all of us want to see, is only like 10 minutes of the whole movie? It was not a large portion of the movie, unfortunately. I, mean, I wonder why you fell I think, asleep. I mean, they, they did some interesting things, I think, with the modern day parts. Don't look at me like that! <laughs> Ashley's making a very I just don't understand face. because I know it I has know. really good actors in it. it does, you know, it I love Marion. I love Michael Fassbender. I know, I know. So what the hell what happened? I don't know. I don't know why, like, every... I mean, you see this in the games, too. There's this inability to just fully commit to the historical part, which is which comprises 90% of the games, and I personally think is what most people care about, although... There is, uh, of course, a, a vocal, very vocal group of people who care very deeply about where the modern day story is going and are going to get their hearts broken someday because I don't think Ubisoft knows where it's going. Um, and I say that with love, <laughs> deep love and respect. <laughs> um, have you fallen asleep during any video game movies? I don't think so. Well, actually. Alan, you're a weirdo. Uh, what? And we love you. I'm on Alan's page. You're a weirdo. <laughs> <laughs> this next email is from Raph. Hello, Polygon Show ladies. I'm Raphael from the Philippines. My family and I love video game movies. My two siblings and I watched lots of these. We love how they're fun, cheesy, and enjoyable diversions that don't demand intense brain power. Our love affair began when my parents rented the Laserdisc of the cheesy Scott Wolf Double Dragon movie. Since then, our adventures include how my brother, my sister, and I dragged my parents to see the spirits within in the cinema, or how we rewatched Mortal Kombat three times on rental, or seeing The Rock yell, I need soldiers, I don't know if that's how the line is delivered, I'm sorry, mm -hmm. in the old Doom movie on Cinemax. We've had an abiding love of the bad, the ugly, and the not-so-good movies video games have spawned. My question is... Do you think there's a difference between movies based on games, example, Resident Evils, Tomb Raiders, etc., or movies inspired by games, examples, The Matrix, Scott Pilgrim, Tron? Do you have any faves of either? With warmth, Raph. Hmm. So this kind of goes back to what you were saying, Yes, Ashley. it does. I do. I you have, have an essay I in front have, of you. It's okay. Well, the first half is just how much Pokemon weigh. Um, <laughs> that's from another episode. But I do. Okay. Okay, yes. now what you yeah. listed are three very bad movies, and then like the latter three are like actually pretty good. So though Tron was kind of boring. Tron is so boring. It's so boring yeah. aesthetically. Did you fall asleep? Beautiful. I fell asleep during that. I think it's aesthetically beautiful. I think I might have also fallen asleep yeah. during Tron. But like, man, the the soundtrack, yeah. the Daft Punk Tron thing was amazing. Anyway, um, yes, I do agree very much with. Um, I just feel like movies in inspired by games can go more places and they have more flexibility. Even if you are using, okay, like uh, an example, even though it didn't come out yet, the Witcher Netflix series, oh. where, you know, the, was it the showrunner or the director, you know, they kind of were explaining that like, you know, I he did, or they did play through the Witcher games, but they didn't want to like finish it because I think they wanted enough leeway for you know, their own stories okay, and narratives, yeah. but just to get familiar enough with the setting in the world, which is like, it's totally fair. Mm -hmm. I think that's a pretty good safe route to go on. I'm Okay, wait, no, I take back safe. It, it, it's not safe. We don't know yet, <laughs> but <laughs> we'll find out. <laughs> I think that's super interesting. Um, I think also, Simone, you wrote about this, about um, the Westworld Mm -hmm. Show cre uh, showrunners Jonathan and Lisa Nolan and Lisa Joy. Lisa Joy oh, Nolan. Oh yeah, we yeah. did it. Mm -hmm. um, what a great name. They were inspired by uh, Red Dead Redemption, Bioshock, yeah. and Grand Theft Auto. Mm -hmm. um, even though those themes don't really, you know, directly play in, but I like the seed mm -hmm. that they kind of played around with, which was. Um, them being fascinated by the way people use games to explore, quote, violent fantasies that might be completely at odds with their everyday personalities. Mm -hmm. um, so 
I, I think besides from the obvious, like, oh, you just play GTA and you go around killing people just because you can, but because you would never do that. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know what that voice was. But I think, like, it, it, it sort of goes beyond that. Obviously, Westworld goes way, way beyond that. Yeah. Um, but I think I'm more actually interested, like, going off of that tangent of... And I don't think this is a thing, but games influenced by shows or media, there's always the other way around. Mm. That doesn't, you don't see that. I think there's some. I feel like we don't talk about it, but with like how cinematic games are becoming, Uh I I feel like that that influence is definitely there. Mm-hmm. If that makes sense, yeah. I think so. Last year, um, a freelancer actually wrote for us, like, why does Twin Peaks um, resemble a '90s adventure game? And the examples, you know, that they gave were Mist and The Seventh Guest. Um, and I, I think the point that this person was trying to make was, it's not necessarily always in, um, you know, setting or storyline, but I think they're like mechanic type things. Like mm-hmm. apparently there was like a button you could push in the cloud and, and it opens a door in the ocean. <laughs> and if you think about not the original Twin Peaks, I'm talking about the rebooted Twi- Twin Peaks rather. Yeah. Um, that seems like more David Lynch-ian. Pure um, Lynch-ian. I mean, yeah, I can bizarre-y. see like how Mist sort of could play off like that. Yeah. Um, or just vice versa. I, I doubt that. David Lynch has played Mist. <laughs> um, that would be really interesting. To though. this day, he's playing Mist. <laughs> oh my God, maybe cave. he is just playing Mist. <laughs> yeah, I think as like game directors get younger and movie directors get younger, mm-hmm. like growing up playing video games, I think they'll feed off of each other more often. So like, mm-hmm. it could be likely that you know, not Twin Peaks, but like some other cult classic is actually very much inspired by a mm-hmm. video game and vice versa. Um, obviously, there's a lot of games that are cinematic now and inspired by movies. But yeah, to your point, like, I think in the future, we could definitely see like a David Lynch type being like, yeah, I played a lot of Mist clearly. Mm-hmm. And now I made this a freaking amazing show. Um, and we do see that in, yeah, like the movies that they mentioned of Scott Pilgrim especially yeah. that's very gaming. I think based. with those movies and like what what Westworld does best is it it has like those video game structures underlying it like clearly in Westworld they're doing things like talking to quest givers and then going on missions but that's not what's driving the story and the journey that the characters are on like their broader story isn't driven by that and their broader story isn't I guess, driven by these l- swaths of action, which is kind of how we receive story in video game is because you're doing something. You need to be doing a lot of things to carry yourself forward and keep your interest. And then there are conversations in between that that kind of that push the story forward in more like meaningful jumps. But in, in Westworld, it's it's less focused on action and more focused on like the, those relationships and conversations. But do you think that the the lack of action and interactivity in like video game movies, say like Tomb Raider or something, is is that why? I mean, because there's like a universal thing of like a lot of video game movies are just bad. Like, why I are f- they so bad? Is I feel just- like when I'm thinking about the your Tomb Raider example, part of it must be taking out quality of writing or story or whatever. It's that when we have spectacle in video games, as you said, Ashley, we are interacting with it. And you can't just take how good that spectacle looks and put it in a movie and expect that to feel as satisfying if the the structures supporting it aren't the, the structures mm. supporting it aren't as good. So do you think that it could be improved by like I don't know because yeah, is it supplemented or boosted by additional writing or story you know because I feel like there are movies that do really good world and world building Mm-hmm. But I'm not sure, like, how that really translates to substance until you've, like, spent considerable time in the world. So, yeah. like, a good example that I can think of is the the Warcraft movie, mm-hmm. which I think, like, it sets the setting pretty well. And actually, I enjoyed that movie. That's, I yeah, did that's not, another one that I enjoyed. I did not think <laughs> it was bad, but I also don't play World of Warcraft. I can see if people get 
enraged um, because of certain things. But I think that they showed that really well and they definitely flushed it out. But like, again, your commitment to that is so low. There's nothing compelling you to do that. I mean, aside from the fact that, you know, in world like Warcraft, you're sinking like so many hours in um, and that's like the nature of that world. But it's Mm -hmm. still a world that Blizzard has fleshed out. So that being said, why can it not always like successfully transition into another medium. I think it goes to what Simone was kind of saying of like (laughs) Westworld has the structural parts of a video game, but that's not what it's about. Hmm. Like, you know, a game like, I don't know, Skyrim or something. That's a big part of the draw of like doing these quests and exploring that world and doing these side missions Mm -hmm. and having a lot of agency. Mm -hmm. You're doing boring shit. Yeah. But like, it's fun because you're choosing to do it and you're exploring, but you, can't replicate that in film because it's not interactive. It has to have some concrete, like mm-hmm. A, B, C, beginning to end. So I feel like, you know, with Westworld focusing on different things, with borrowing some tenants of video games, like that's a successful way to do that. And I'm thinking of, this is a stupid example, but like with Pokemon the anime, like it's based on the games ostensibly, like it's still going from gym to gym and town to town and having that basic like Pokemon gotta catch them all adventure. But the difference is that like, it's not just about that like collection aspect that the games are built on. It's more about building these relationships between original characters and having defined plot lines and having a story that is much broader than the specific like mechanics aspect of the games and I feel like that's really crucial when you're creating something inspired by games but clearly isn't interactive in the same way that like the gaming medium is mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> so yesterday when we were recording this hi it's the next day now we lost a bit of our recording but we had a really interesting conversation because after Allegra finished talking about Pokemon she brought up or Ashley brought up story games like walking sims ashley do you want to kind of tell us what your idea was about tell us about a conversation we promised was fascinating Mm -hmm. (laughs) i promise it's actually i can't promise that we don't Um, make any promises on this show yeah i was thinking about games like what remains of edith finch and other walking sims like Firewatch, like allegra said that you didn't hear they are making a movie (laughs) out of it and i said wow so here it is again wow they're making that movie um which i have mixed feelings on actually because walking sims even though you know it's built on narrative and that's the driving force of it. So you don't really have like the action that you're missing and the interactivity that you're missing. Though with Edith Finch, Mm -hmm. there is some interactivity with the text that you do. So that is part of its charm. But Mm -hmm. we were thinking, you know, what about other games like Last Day of June, Blackwood Crossing, that could easily translate better to a movie. And in the case of Edith Finch, we were like, oh, it should be a TV show and each episode should be a relative. And like, I think Firewatch would be a great movie, actually, because the bulk of it, aside from the stuff that Henry is finding in the wilderness, is conversations between him and Delilah and like a moving forward of that relationship. And that kind of provide like you're just you're fucking walking around and looking at a map for all of that game but it's all it's all conversation so i think that that would translate more than something where we're we're constantly doing an action in a game but to to be fair though in firewatch you are doing an action which is walking around right so you are mm-hmm. kind of propelling him forward but i'm curious like how would that translate visually to a movie like do you just want to see a dude walking for two hours. <laughs> it's especially interesting because Firewatch is like first person, mm-hmm. which I kind of appreciate that you never see Henry. Yeah. And the beginning yeah. setup is all like text. So oh, we don't yeah. even see any of that about his wife. And then you never ever see Delilah either. Like it's basically just yeah. you only see a guy holding, you see a hand, you just see a hand and a radio. So that'll be interesting to see how they like adapt it for something far more visual. Yeah, I mean, I, I think it would work great because they could really lean into that atmosphere of isolation and fear that's Mm -hmm. in Firewatch, Mm. which ends up being fine. Sorry, spoilers. Do you think (laughs) it would be like that movie Into the Wild 
with Emil Hirsch, but he but he yeah, has a see, fucking walkie-talkie. That's and he just lives. about a man walking on a mountain. <laughs> they it's been done before. Oh, he It'll dies be fine. in that movie. Oh no! Yeah, it's based off a real life story where the guy died. Fuck! <laughs> I cried for real so life. hard at Into the Wild. Damn. Yeah, it's a really depressing movie. He eats poison berries and then he dies. It sucks. Should I still watch it? Yes, it's a very good movie. Although Emil Hirsch is kind of a dick, right? Yeah, mm-hmm. that's the other he's a, reason. Yeah, he sucks. Well, okay, well, I'm so sorry for derail. Yesterday was a very serious conversation, and now we're just like, Emil Hirsch. Emil Hirsch. Eat some bad berries. Oh, man. He deserves those bad berries. <laughs> But yeah, I think where we ended up is kind of the, those games that are story games and they're purely about discovering relationships between characters and deepening those relationships. I think that those would make better movies than your Tomb Raiders, your yeah. Assassin's Creeds that are kind of built around spectacle and constant action. Yeah, because I think it's easy. It's an easy translation for Hollywood to make because they're like, oh, this is just a straight action movie. Yeah. This game is about action. But what about if you made like a cute coming of age mm. indie movie about butterfly soup or something that uh, would oh be Oh my yeah. god. And it's just it just follows like these girls. Like I feel like those kind of narrative driven games would be so fun to watch especially if there's like a good dynamic between characters too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Maybe they're just not quite like in the mainstream enough. Like I think Firewatch was able to sort of break through because it has this interesting conceit. A lot of people talked about it. This guy from Mad Men did the voice, yada, yada, yada. But I feel like the larger audience might not know about Gone Home or definitely not Butterfly Soup or Blackwood Crossing, any of those. I know about Gone Home. Gone Home, but yeah, like there is that interactivity there though, right? Because you are exploring the house. That's maybe too much reading for a a movie. A, a, a woman just walk through the house quietly rifling through <laughs> someone's drawers <laughs> for an hour and a half <laughs> fuck just staring at cassette tapes she, she moves into another room she picks up a letter and then it's one of those montages where like the character is sitting reading but it's the voiceover of the person who wrote the thing but you're mm-hmm. just like sitting on that shot of her sitting on a bench like holding the letter and reading it <laughs> oh slow God. pan through the empty house for an hour house is still empty still empty weird <laughs> I would also watch a movie of, imagine if like the movie was trying to be the game with all of its horrible faults. Like you're seeing a woman like open up a cupboard and then she like looks at a cassette tape. She turns around, but she accidentally opens the cupboard again, picks up the cassette tape. It's like, fuck, hold, no, I need to close it. And she closes it and she moves. She goes back and looks at the same poster like five times. Also for the puzzles, like she doesn't know what the next step is. She's like, well, I just give up. And she kind of just stands there for a while. Damn, that would be so good. She takes out her phone and Googles, (laughs) gone home walking. Yeah, like, How to get into my parents' basement. (laughs) How meta. (laughs) Okay. Thank you, everyone, who sent in emails uh, for this show. Next week, the week of 1017, Chelsea will be back, and we will be doing a show on co-op games. So I'm sure a lot of you have great stories for that, so you can send them to polygonshow at polygon.com. And you can also share this episode with your friends and get in heated arguments about the Super Mario Bros. movie. <laughs> and listen to that, that, that podcast that our, our listeners sent in. Thank you so much, everyone. This has been The Polygon Show.